Hello and welcome to Who's Dropping at the Movies. I'm Mike. And I'm Jose. <laughs> and uh, we've come back from seeing Fantastic Beasts, The Crimes of Grindelwald. Yes. Or Grindelwald, as they're keen on pronouncing it, to sound all hoity-toity and haughty and posh and blah, blah, blah. <laughs> it's the second Fantastic Beasts film. Um, Fantastic Beasts is the um, unsuccessful... Uh, and it's quite successful. I'm sure it's doing really well, but I'm just mean in my house. Right. <laughs> it's unsuccessful follow-up <laughs> to Harry Potter. Because <laughs> yeah, Harry Potter wasn't enough. Everything needs a universe. So we've gone back to the 1920s to see the origins of Dumbledore and the origins of the yes, Americans. I, can... I remember kind of having a good time in the first one because I thought that the idea... It was, it was partially based in America. You get this... You know, Harry Potter is such an English-based story. Yes. Um, and to go to America and see a kind of different style of... Uh, one of the things that was always fun about Harry Potter was the kind of bureaucracy of it, the Ministry of Magic, mm. and the way that it's kind of... The way that there's, there's like, legalese and sort of um, bureaucracy around things. And to go to America and see a sort of slightly different style of it mm. and style of, style of wizards and wizardry and that sort of thing was kind of fun. Um, and this has some of those charms too, but it's, I mean, it, it's just bogged down in mad plot convolutions. The storytelling is awful. Yeah. So, so actually, there's, there's many, there are many things that I like about the film very much. Um, I do like the kind of fictional world it constructs. I do like the whole thing with the animals. I like the... Um, appearance of Dumbledore in a younger guise. Dumbledore. Dumbledore in a younger guise. And I like that it's Jude Law. Uh, it has actors that I really like seeing. It also has, I don't know, a kind of, you feel that there's a deliberation to be more representative. So, for example, I really like that it's a multiracial cast. Uh, I mean, there are still hierarchies within it, really. All the people who have the most to do and say in them are all white. But nonetheless, at least they've made an effort to kind of get other people in. Um, so I like that very much. And I love the fact that, uh, you know, they make uh, Dumbledore mm. and Grindelwald, Grindelwald. Or Grindelwald uh, uh Lovers, you know, it's very much implied, right? That kind <laughs> of, you know, they they have a blood pact because you know they were once in love. It's, you know, it's much more. He says you were like brothers, and they, he says, oh, much more than that. And so, it's kind of hinted at, but at the same time, it's made central, you know. And mm. I, yeah, so I loved seeing that. Well, there was this that, that famous thing of um, J.K. Rowling once all the books had come out, the Harry Potter books, saying, oh, by the way, Dumbledore's gay. Mm. And everyone went, oh, isn't it wonderful and progressive? And it's like, but you, you didn't actually go to any effort to demonstrate that in books. You can't just say <laughs> that he's gay. But then if actually there is some effort now to, to talk about this in his past, then that's interesting. I appreciate it. Um, um, and it is interesting. Um, I wanted to pick up on Jude Law particularly because I think he's fantastic. He's fantastic. I, so, so he plays Dumbledore in his younger years. Obviously, Dumbledore in Harry Potter, in, in Harry Potter films, is... In his very very old age, he was played by Richard Harris, 
then Richard Harris died, and then Michael Gambon. Yes. It's kind of long, it's sort of what you think of as wizards, you know, mm. old, bearded, yes. very kind of avuncular. Um, and Jude Law in this is, is I'd say, equally avuncular, but in a slightly different way. Yes. He's, um, uh, he's that kind of model of, like, the great teacher that you always remember having at school who kind of let you doss around a little bit and kind of respected you as a person, treated you as a little bit as an adult. Of course, the reason that those teachers could do that was because the other teachers were treating you like kids. Mm. And, it, and like, if every teacher treated you like that, it wouldn't work. Mm. Um, but he, he kind of has everybody's respect and he's clearly very wise and, and he's, he's obviously this kind of powerful wizard. Um, I, I, he has such presence and kind of control. His entrance is great. Mm. You know, it's a shot from the trailer where he, he meets uh, Eddie Redmayne's Newt upon a, uh, upon like a, a, a rooftop. And the shot is behind him, and he turns around and sort of gr grins at the camera. It's great. Mm. And he's got such character and presence. Yes. Um, he's a truly great actor. I also think it's, it's, it's one of Johnny Depp's best recent performances. Uh, I, you know, I, 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 I love seeing him in this, and I think he's very good. I also love seeing Ezra Miller, you know. Is it Ezra Miller? Mm. Uh, he's got, a, he's got a, a, a fascinating look because... You know, kind of one of the characters says, oh, you know, you're so handsome or something or so beautiful. And he is very beautiful, actually, in some angles. And then shot in another way, he, he kind of looks ordinary. So there's that ordinary, extraordinary kind of thing that is, you know, quite mesmerizing to watch, I find. And there are other angles in which he looks downright weird. True. Think, you know, and, and I think that contributes to the fact he's, he plays this dark character who you kind of don't know who he is. In fact, I think le a little bit less in this one than in the first one where I really remember them. I, I seem to recall they really played up that he was an unknown entity kind yes. of thing. Whereas in this, he's a little bit more kind of conventionally handsome. He's got a bit of stubble and you see him shot from angles that, that emphasise a, kind of, a certain attractiveness to him. Yes. Um, but then there is still nonetheless that, that level of weirdness to him. To his look, yes. Which, which again, they're playing up because I mean, his whole his central thing in this, I think it may have been in the first film as well, was he doesn't know where he comes from, who his parents are, yes. and and he's incredibly powerful. So like yes. he's sought after because he's so powerful. One of the things that I didn't like, well, one of many things that I didn't like in this film was actually the narrative structure of you know, taking you somewhere and then having a flashback and taking you somewhere else and then having a flashback and then taking you somewhere else and then having a flashback and sometimes a flashback within a flashback, right? And it just seemed like it's such convoluted... It was terribly convoluted. I don't recall any flashbacks within flashbacks. Okay, I could be making that up. I, I think, I, think um, you, um, I don't think there is one, but you're right to say, I mean, it's definitely convoluted and I, I think th there's a separation between what people want and how they go about getting it because I think for the most part, what people want is pretty clear. Mm. Um, I mean, it's not always complicated, you know. So Ezra Miller uh, wants to know who he is and, and who his parents are. Yes. Um, and uh, uh, Johnny Depp, Grindelwald, <laughs> wants to basically take over the world Rule and the world. kill and enslave all yes. the muggles. And, and everyone else is just after Grindelwald. Mm. Um, so what people want for the most part is pretty clear. But how they go about getting it and what the actual mechanics of the plot are are sometimes very weird. Like... I guess it kind of makes sense that everyone goes to Paris because they're looking for Ezra Miller, but it's not that clear. And and exactly what the machinations are when you get there and what people are doing specifically is pretty up in the air. And there are there are scenes where people just pop in, 
who I guess I guess there's a certain level of you're expected to know things. I mean, if you're not uh, like a devotee, um, then you know, you won't get as much out of it because there are, there are characters who just pitch up, and I guess if you know the books or if you remember the first film better than I do, then you will know who they are. So the film doesn't go to great pains to to really introduce people that much. I mean, the central character of Newt, Eddie Redmayne. Um, I can't remember why he's the central figure, really. I, I, I guess from the first one, I seem to recall he was... I mean, he's basically a zoologist, right? He's not, like... He's not a superhero. He's a zoologist, and he has a bunch of animals, and he kind of gets wound up into an adventure in the first film, I, I, as I recall it. So that kind of is fine. But in this film, like, they go after him to say, you're the only guy who can help us, and you don't really understand why he is. Well, I mean, to me, it kind of made, made, made sense. So the two character traits that he's given is that he loves, he loves all the beasts. Like he loves people and things that other people are scared of or don't find lovable. You know, and a lot of those beasts are, have extraordinary power. So aside from his own power as a wizard, you know, there's the, the power he can command through the beasts. Um, he's befriended. And then the other major character trait that he's given is that he won't take sides on this 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 political war for power, which revolves around muggles, right? So it revolves around, you know, how muggles are treated. So, you know, do you have this peaceful coexistence between different peoples or do you let one through their superior power overrun everyone else? And at the beginning of the film, he says he won't take sides. At the end of the film, he does. So... Mm. Yeah, I, I don't buy it though. Really, I mean, like, he's not. I mean, the, the thing about the beasts is, no one says like we need you because you know the the beasts are useful. For instance, they don't. The only convincing argument that's given for why he is the man for the job is when Dumbledore says to him, "You don't care about sides. You only care about what's right." That's right. But I don't really buy that to be honest. There are so many more people more qualified than he is. I mean, all the auras that they've got, all the guys who actually whose job it is to hunt down bad guys. Like just let them do their jobs. I don't. I don't. <laughs> <laughs> then you have no movie. Yeah, exactly. I mean, but, exactly. But then, but, but when you do do, you have you've got a, a a a really lame sort of hook to hang things on because I don't get why he's there most of the time. To well, be no, honest. I do because actually he does use all the animals. Yeah, no, yeah. that's just, yeah. He but does they did, use all the fantastic beasts. Yeah, but that's but that's that's not why they wanted him. <laughs> they didn't they didn't get him because they go. Oh, by the way, make sure you use your animals. They're really useful. That's just his thing. It's like, you know, you wouldn't get fucking Diane Fossey to go and hunt down Osama Bin Laden. That's basically <laughs> what they're asking. couldn't command the gorillas in the same way. That's basically <laughs> what they're asking. <laughs> uh, but you, I guess you accept that because that's just, he's there from the first one when you, 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 you carry on. The thing about storytelling that, well, part, one of the things about storytelling that I disliked an awful amount was um, that scenes, a lot of scenes just you jump into really, really... Uh, Spontaneously, like the scene I'm really particularly thinking of is the the revelation scene in Pair of Shades, where um, uh, Ezra Miller is told by um, I forget the guy's name, uh, Yusuf, I think, the black guy, yes, um, where he comes from and who his family is, yes, and it's this scene that is like this is the this is the point of Ezra Miller's part in the story this is him being told this is where you come from of course it turns out that it's not actually that simple but this is uh, a climax and 
the scene start. There's no kind of particular build-up to it. You jump into the scene, and it's like they've started it without you even like your characters, Eddie Redmayne and, and his mates, walk into this scene while it's already happening. It's weird. I, weird editing. I don't like the way um, things are shot. I don't like the way things look, and I don't like the way that things are dramatized. So, um, you know, so for example, in terms of the, the way that things are dramatized. The example of, you know, the avowal of love or affection between um, the Eddie Redmayne character and I forget what her name is, the Aurora. Uh, Tina? Tina. All the fumbling about and you think, oh, this scene is never going to end. I mean, you know it's (laughs) going to happen, right? Like, you know, he's going to say, I like you and I'm not engaged to the other person. That was a mistake. Mm -hmm. You're the one I like. And they take like what seems half an hour to get there. It's a, uh, they, yeah, they put. So, mind and, you, I quite liked some of that. I liked. Well, I liked when he said, "I wasn't. I'm not allowed to say what your eyes look like because he's been because he thinks her eyes look like salamanders' eyes." Yeah. And then the American chap, the Muggle, has said, "Don't you ever say anything about salamanders? That's weird." No, he you said, must admit that scene takes too long. And the thing is are, that yeah. the audience is ahead of the film. That's that you know? is true. Um, so the audience, is you know. Ahead. So I think that's that's. That's a lot of flab there. It could have been done uh, very differently. I don't think there's a single part of the film where the audience isn't ahead, though. Well, I mean, that is. The, I suppose. Tell me something. Apart from, well, guess, no, maybe, you, apart from the blood pact thing between Dumbledore and Grindelwald, what couldn't you really predict? Oh, and and the nonsense about um, the uh, the guy being under the love spell. Yeah, well, that I could have predicted, and you know, as soon as they began having like these fuzzy point of view shots, you kind of knew. Yeah, but I mean, like, ahead of time. You know, so... But anyway, no, but I think... Because on the one hand, the film is confusing. It's very... You know, it's not easy to keep all of the strands kind of going, right? right? So, 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 you know, you can't... you can't argue that you're ahead of the film at all times and then say, well, I don't know what the hell's going on. <laughs> right? well, what I mean so, is, well, I think you're ahead... In terms of, like, the thrust of things, kind of generally speaking, who the good guys are and where the bad guys are and, what, and how they're, roughly speaking, going to interact and the kind of hook that the film's going to be left on for the sequel. Like, I'm ahead of all of that. But, I mean, it, you're, up, you're right in terms of the actual... In terms of the details, hugely confusing. Yeah. And also, I didn't like um, the way that the fictional world is... Uh, both depicted and shown to us. So, for example, you know, when you first arrive in Paris and there's like the circus thing, you know, and there's meant to be all these marvelous things of people floating in air. I wanted to look at them, right? You know, I wanted the film to say, isn't this marvelous and show it to you, Mm. right? Whereas actually, you know, you have one person floating in a bubble and before you know it, there are 15 people floating in 15 bubbles in this kind of, you know, a long shot, right? Mm. And you think like, I mean, if you're going to all this trouble and expense of doing something that's meant to wow the audience, wow them, right? Mm. Whereas actually, A, it doesn't wow, and B, you deflect attention from it almost immediately, right? So I think all of those things should have been done better, maybe do fewer, do them better, and allow it to sink in with the audience. The same goes for the Fantastic Beasts. I mean, you know, you're meant to be wowed by them, right? And they just look like not very well done, or not, well done is the wrong word, but it doesn't feel like fully textured um, uh, animation. You know what, you want, you want these animals to give, you know, to, ha- to have a greater impression that they're not just cartoons. And they look very thin and drawn, 
you know. Um, so, and actually, I think of that also applies to the whole film. You know, there was something gray and thin about the whole look of the film that we saw today that I thought was kind of, a, you know, a disappointment, really. I disagree pretty much with all of that. Okay, well, go on. <laughs> um, I mean, one of, the things, one of the things I was surprised about, because it's directed by David Yates, uh-huh. um, who... And who is David Yates? David Yates is an English director um, who directed the last four uh, Harry Potter films and directed these two. Well, that makes sense. Yeah, and, and, they, <laughs> and they do share a look, and he's obviously, you know, he must be a bit of a yes man who just does what they want. Um, but um, he's not someone whose direction has previously kind of inspired sort of great confidence in me. Like, he gets the job done and generally kind of keeps keeps an atmosphere and a tone to everything. Mm. But they're, they're not... I don't think I've, they've, they've ever been hugely exciting to me, his films. Um, but in this, I was really pleasantly surprised at some things that I thought were very beautiful that were, that are, were for the most part, really not related to anything in the, in the plot or anything like that. But, for instance... I, I, can I interrupt? Because I think I'll know... I know which scenes you'll be talking about. Okay, go on. Can I guess? So I thought the scenes where Dum- Dum- Dumbledore. Dumbledore. You can just say Jude Law if you want. Yeah, where, where, uh, where Jude Law meets Eddie Redmayne in London. You know, I thought... The fog descends. The fog descends and all of that. I thought that was beautifully done. Yeah. Right. Uh, but again, those are almost like some of the simplest things... It's done with like really sketchy shadows. I didn't right. mind any of that though. I, I thought love the effect that. was beautiful. I, I thought that was the best bit about okay. the film. You know, but when you have like this undersea monster that you're using like a bronco, uh, uh, you know, the, like a bronco, you're training like a bronco. I thought all of that looked looked thin and you know. Yeah. Well, I wasn't going to mention that scene. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Um, the the bit the bit at the end with the fu- uh, the blue fire. I mean, blue fire always looks cool, but particularly when they get out of the um, out of the tomb, and the, it turns into a kind of giant bird made yes. of blue flame, and then they're battling it with regular orange flame. Um, I thought there was some incredibly beautiful. Uh, these are just beautiful shots. I'm not talking about kind of like the. Uh, I mean, it should have been very exciting as well. And the but color it, should have been more vibrant. No, I disagree and... with that. I think the color was incredibly vibrant. And, oh, no, and, I disagree. And the the realization of of the of the kind of flame bird thing was beautiful. I mean, just beautiful to look at, and the way that they, the the light would kind of spread over the dark cemetery and that sort of thing. I thought looked really really beautiful. I disagree. I wanted more technicolor. And less of that washed out blue gray look that the film has throughout. Well, it didn't then. It does at times. I mean, you know, when they meet, when they go to Hogwarts and they meet on the bridge, for instance, boring, boring, boring. You know, <laughs> but, but there are there are there are times, there are moments of kind of quite lucid, sort of fluid, uh, uh, sort of almost poetic, um, dreamlike imagery. For uh, 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 um, uh, the thing with the the thing with the boggart. Um, and and that um, I forget the girl's name, but her her fear is the the memory yes. of the child that she inadvertently drowned. Yes, yes, I and thought then, that was and, nice. And when she when she kind of recalls that, it comes down from the ceiling as though it's there. Yeah, that's very Beautiful. poetic. Yeah, and yeah. so um, it has moments. This is my point, right? The film has moments, and it has quite a few moments. I mean, I could definitely like watch a, a kind of cut of those shots because I think there are some really beautiful things to look at at times. Yes. Um, and I didn't mind. I know what you mean about the kind of cartooniness of the animal designs. Mm. You know, you've got like the little sort of handheld 
the Duck Bill platypus thing that steals stuff, mm. and the giant cat sort of sort of Cheshire cat sort of phoenix thing. Mm. You know, but uh, again, I, I didn't mind. I didn't mind that. Like, w- what I think is slightly odd is that those are kind of children-aimed designs, I think. I'd just say cartoony. But then the film is trying to, to deal with some real darkness. I mean, there are two children die in this, infants. You know, there's the one right at the start that's murdered by Grindelwald's Oh, henchmen. yes, I forgot. Right, you don't see that, but it's, it's off-screen. Yeah, yeah, no, I remember. And now. then, of course, you have the one who, uh, who What's-Her-Face inadvertently killed. That's incredibly dark for an allegedly family-friendly film. But then, who, um, it, but then who's to say it's supposed to be family-friendly? Like, what's aimed at kids these days seems to be really weird to me. But actually, you know, uh, children's fairy tales are all full of, like, you know, they eating are, of children and, you know... They kind of are, so. but don't you agree that there's a, there's a, a kind of real-world context no, there's a real that's da- not like the Brothers Grimm? There's a real darkness to the film in every way, actually. So, you know, like that kind of... Uh, um, people left orphaned and murdered and... You know, it it has a lot of horrors, and of course, the whole thing. Uh, it's very difficult at the moment not to read everything allegorically, right? But you know, you can see how um, the Johnny Depp character is, in some ways, alluding to a kind of, you know, Nazi Aryan mm. kind of thing. Really, I totally saw it as a Trump rally at the end. Well, or <laughs> you know, or as a Trump rally, kind of. Um, but it, it definitely has those connotations, right? So kind of the film is woven through with darkness and actually not only woven through with darkness, but woven through with a darkness that the film doesn't relieve. I, you know, because this is part of a series of films, like it doesn't at the moment offer much hope. Yeah, like kind of, you know, the character's achievement in this film is that they're still alive or that some of them are still alive. They actually haven't resolved anything or haven't, you know... They're still alive and they managed to steal the, uh, the, the charm, blood pack. The, the blood pack charm. Yeah. The, um, the, Which the, they weren't even... They didn't even know they were looking they, for. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, but, I mean, the thing to remember about that is that um, it's a holding pattern. Like, these things have to come in threes and so the end of this film is not a resolution to the story. It's waiting for the third film I to know, start. I know. But ev- even within I, I'm that, not giving an excuse for that. I'm just... It's a reason. Yeah, that, e- it is, you know, and it kind of it makes sense in those terms. But I think even within that, the film is still quite bleak. Mm. I, you know, so you could have arranged the narrative so at least they would have solved part of the puzzle or they could have had a moment of triumph at resolving one bit of it, even whilst they were, you know, reassembling their forces for the battle to come. But no, this is like kind of, you know, it feels very bleak. It feels like they haven't resolved anything that the only thing they've achieved is that they're still all alive. They've lost a lot of loved ones, you know, and kind of they come back with something that they then find out is a blood pact and might lead to something else. But actually, what they, you know, the only thing that uh, that they can look upon as a, as a partial success is that some of them are still alive. And on their side, because the other thing is that, that uh, Grindelwald takes some of them. He says, yeah. come into this circle of flame and then you'll be mine. And, you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and of course, some of them do. Um, but I think part of the problem with, with that, um, which I, I agree with you, part of the problem is that the, um, the, actual, the actual problems that the characters face are not very interesting or, or very clearly delineated. Mm. Essentially, the, the problem that they have to face is they need to fight Grindelwald. 
Yeah. It's a one line thing. So like they don't know that he's got this blood pact on him that they that would be useful for them to be able to break because that means that Dumbledore can fight him. Um they 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 don't really know much about Ezra Miller's character. They just kind of have generally got a sense that he's mm. someone they need to keep away from Grindelwald, maybe. Mm. Um, so everything's very very vague. They're just going off to Paris to sort of investigate things. Yeah. And so the fact that they don't really seem to make any progress is, I mean, if, if anything, it would be kind of worse if they like had very specific goals that they knew they need to accomplish and then still failed to because it'd be like look at the number of things that we failed to do whereas what they failed to do in this is just one thing which is fight Grindelwald no I don't know I mean I thought again you know because we've just gone to see a film so whether it's part of a whole series of five films or three films or whatever it is the fact is that we've seen one and we you know well actually we saw the other one but I can't remember anything about the first one so, but in terms of watching this one, I thought, part of the reason why I thought the storytelling is bad, because I'm not sure what some characters are doing there. I thought, for example, you could have lost huge chunks of it and really not lost much. So, for example, all the backstory of Lita Lestrange and all of the, the flashbacks to her youth and, yeah, and how she was at Hogwarts and all of that, I don't think you get anything from it. Well, it's, it definitely seems to be setting things up that, that are intended to pay off in future films. Yeah, well, they certainly does that. don't yeah. pay off in this one. Yeah. And she's ostensibly killed in this one. It so, just gets wheels. You know. Um, and also, I thought that for this one, the relationship between the human and, you know, the... Um, Creatures. No. You know, kind of the, the central couple, like the, the couple that come from New York and she's a, whiz, a, a witch. Oh, uh, the muggle and the wizard. Yeah. I mean, you could have lost all of that in this in this film and not lost anything, really. I mean, they do that to bring him back, basically, because he was fun in the first film. Yeah. And um, and I think he's kind of fun in this as well. He's got less to do. But the way they bring him back was really, really weird because they just the, the two of them show up at, at Newt's place and he's supposed to have... They, they did this uh, memory thing on him that's supposed to wipe out all the memories of Muggles so they don't remember anything wizardy happening. Um, and then they kind of get around that by saying... Ah, but I didn't forget everything because it only wipes out bad memories and I had loads of good memories of it, which yeah. is nice. Uh-huh. Uh, so he still knows what's going on, the, the, um, the, the American chap. But he's got this love spell on him, which, I mean, I didn't know how you would take that specifically because I, thought, cause I hated it. I, ha- I, I hated it. I hated it. I thought you might find it romantic. In no, I mean, <laughs> basically, it's a kind of rape. I, that's what I thought. You know, and I thought that when uh, I said it was like rape, I thought you would say, no, it's romantic, she loves him. No, no, I kind of... So maybe I'm not giving you the credit you deserve. No, I mean, as, <laughs> as, soon, as, deni- as soon as you deny anyone consent, you know, as soon yeah. as they can say yes or no, it's a kind of rape. You know, Which is basically... not, it's, it's not a bad thing necessarily that the film depicts that, but it's then what happens is the film tries to kind of cast uh, the, the woman who placed this, this, this love spell on him as kind of a victim. She says, but I only wanted, I, you know, I want what everyone else has. I want a family and kids and I want a man to love me. And it's like, but you don't get to do that. I don't understand how the film is trying to make her the victim in this. Yeah. But it's clearly him. I, d- I didn't like the character and actually I didn't like the playing of the character either. You know. The, the man or the woman or both? The, the woman. Yeah. You know, that kind of ditzy, flappery, you know, it was such a confused conceptualization of the character, really. Yeah, I agree. Um, so... So, I'll tell you another couple of shots I, I liked. Ah, okay. Um, I liked the 
the black sort of cloth being draped over Paris when when Grindelwald is kind of gathering all the baddies. Remember, and it's like it's like Inception almost. Like you get these shots of of of, of buildings in Paris and just these huge black cloths being draped over them. I, 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 I thought that was kind of that the thing. The thing about some of those things in the film is that I like the conceptualization more than the execution. You know, so so actually, I think that the film has like fantastic set design and so on and so yeah. forth, right? But um, I just kind of don't think it's visualized for the audience very well, you know. Um, and I think there's something about the color grading that I just don't like. And actually, again, I don't know if it's if this is just the way that things are being projected at Cineworld because no, it's definitely David Yates. Yeah, it's his style. Um, I, I, just, I agree with some of that, but like I said, I think there are exceptions. I think there are exceptions. Well, this. I think this is a film. What about where? What about where Grindelwald? And the one baddie meet in the tunnel, and they're in silhouette. I thought that was great. I thought that was really, really beautifully shot. Yes, um, I think I think it has a lot of moments like that, and you could see, you know, how the design people and the costuming people and so on have done great jobs. I really like the way that Hogwarts, you know, so the scenes that you were saying that you don't, you don't like the. The Hogwarts scene. Well, they're just boring, the way they look. Yeah, but, the, you know, I thought the castle and mm. the school and, you know, kind of people have done a fantastic job. It's just not conveyed very well, you know. Um, so, so I think kind of all the technical people, uh, you know, seem to have done quite amazing work. And actually, I think maybe the one thing that we need also need to discuss is um, Redmayne. Because I find him extremely annoying. Right, he yeah, you kind said that of in the first film as well. Okay, yeah. Um, he 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 kind of has all the same mannerisms that he's had in almost every film, and I think he's too young to have all these mannerisms. So you know, on the, on the other hand, I think those mannerisms suit this character quite well. So he is very charismatic, and he's he's you know he he, he draws you to him, right? Um, and I just think that that's an interesting contradiction because really he's kind of doing the same thing that I normally dislike him for, you know, but it kind of, you know, I, f I find that even as I don't like it, it kind of draws me in. There's something charismatic about it. It fits in this because he's basically playing a character who is sort of socially inept and, and near enough autistic in a way, like a bit obsessive. Mm. And, um, and, you know, that thing of getting on with animals better than humans. There's a thing about eye contact in this and the last film where, you know, eye contact he makes with humans is very, very rare, but with animals, he's, he, he you know, he gets on with them. Mm. Um, and, you know, th th there, so there is, it's a reasonably broad performance in that respect, I guess, like it, it, it fits that, that slightly cartoony thing um, where, you know, it's very clear sort of, sort of, what his personality is and who he thinks. There's not an awful lot of subtlety to it. Uh -huh. But you're right that it fits. He's the right choice of actor for the role. Yes. You know? um, I'm trying to think of who plays his brother. Is it... Oh, I don't know. Is it... It's Theseus, right? Mm. Yeah, it's Callum Turner, um, who I thought was very good and very charismatic and without all of the um, ticks. Um, who is Callum Turner? I don't know. I mean, um, oh, war, he was in he was in War and Peace on TV. That's where I recognize him from. Uh, and he was in the original Fantastic Beasts. Anyway, they play brothers, and there is a whole 
kind of subplot about yeah them being brothers. He's a hugger, says mm. um, uh, what's his name? Newt. Uh, yeah. So um, stupid fucking name. <laughs> Uh, I mean, there's a lot of stupid uh, fucking uh, stuff. I mean, like everything positive that I said about the film is true. I did find a, some positives, but for the, I was having a very bad time during it because the storytelling is so poor, and um, all over the place. And I didn't really care about anything. I mean, you know, part of it is that I'm not. I, I wouldn't say I'm not the audience for the film because it's perfectly easy for me to like this sort of film. I like the yes, Harry you Potter. You grew up with Harry Potter. I grew up with Harry Potter. Um, well, I, I, I didn't get through the fifth book, um, but you know, I grew up with the films as well, and. Um, so I do like this stuff. I mean, we used to have... We were so lame at school. We used to have Harry Potter quizzes. A lot of the kids at school who thought they were really hardcore and badass and, like, smoking at lunchtime, they would have Harry Potter quizzes before, <laughs> before physics lessons. It was amazing. It was so lame. So, like, we were nerds, you know, and, this is, and it was my kind of stuff. And I grew up... I was, like, about the same age as Harry Potter and his mates when they were mm. growing up with the books, you know what I mean? Um... So, you know, I grew up with this stuff. I didn't grow up with Fantastic Beasts specifically, and, like, this is, like, a whole section to the sort of... the, the world of, of, uh, of J.K. Rowling's that, that I'm not as familiar with. Mm. But it's quite exciting to see, like, young Dumbledore and see kind of what, you know, mm. a, a different side and that sort of thing. Um, but... Uh, so, I can't remember what I was saying. Um, well, what I wanted to say, to interject, is that it's ironic... That you know, almost the only nice things that have been said about this film have come from you because I actually had a better time watching it than you did. I yeah, could definitely. see you in torture. <laughs> because the storytelling story, story was so poor. Like there are there are good scenes in this, and there are scenes with good things in, but it it really feels like when a scene is good, it's 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 luck whether it, whether a scene will be good or not. You know, like okay, like some scenes have beginnings, middles, and ends, and good dialogue and good character good writing and so on and some scenes are great and then other scenes are pointless and weird and and don't start where they should and have bizarre editing and it's so uneven it's all over the place and there are just wheels set in motion all these different plot strands so Mm. it's it's an unbelievably uneven experience and the fact that like you occasionally have a good scene or something beautiful to look at is like all the more disappointing because you can't rely on it okay all that said, and last question, would you go see the sequel? Yeah, yeah, I'll see the third one, won't I? Yeah, me but, too. But, not, <laughs> but, but not, because, not because I'm hugely invested in the story. Like, the reason I would see the, the, the Harry Potter films was because I did want to see how the story played out. Mm. I don't care how the story plays out. I mean, I know that like, Grindelwald's going to be defeated. For instance. Mm. It's just bloody obvious, like, generally speaking, what things are going to happen to, to get Grindelwald mm. um, defeated. Things are generally pretty obvious it's going one way but but like I say it's it's those sort of visual pleasures that the film has that are that are not not that rare um that's what I would be that's why I'd be keen to see more that's why I'd hope to see more of in the next film yeah so if you're going to uh if you expect that you will want to see the next film which I who didn't like this very much uh still want to see the next film then you kind of have to see this one. So, you know, but be warned, it's really not very good. Yeah, and you will have to look up the plot on Wikipedia afterwards. <laughs> <laughs> and it may not be right. So, <laughs> uh, thank you very much for listening. Uh, yeah, we're eavesdropping at the movies. We're uh, on iTunes, SoundCloud, YouTube, uh, and Twitter and Facebook, and eavesdropping at the movies. 
www.thegreatmoneyshow.com. Thank you very much.